up with? Um, I do with my mate Michael. He's got one called um, Men of Words. Men of Words? Yeah. What's good. that all about? Um, it's about um, just men, like different different people, mental health and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. So he does it with um, footy players, all types of people. It's really good, actually. Mm. Like, it's really, really good. Um, but I'm sure, as you know, there's a lot of work that goes into just doing podcasts yeah 100 percent. it's a fucking competitive field you know what i mean i think they said that um i heard a while ago that podcasts were actually the most like was the fastest growing form of basically media media i heard that too it's a pretty crazy industry like you just look at it four years ago and it was like not that big and people that got onto it early Reap the rewards. Yeah, well, you look you, at it. You've got to look at like people like Rogan. Rogan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's kind of founded the way and yeah. inspired it for well, everyone in a way. Hasn't he? Ten million dollars to Spotify. Like that's a lot of coin. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of coin for having a chat with your mates. Those inspired unemployed boys also sold their um, podcast recently to Spotify. I think did they? Because when I first actually um, sort of discovered those boys on Instagram, mm. I was a bit like, hmm, not really my kind of. Yeah, I think Humor. a lot of people like that. Um, but could appreciate what they were doing mm. in just terms of, I don't think maybe to the blind eye, straight up you recognise how much work goes into mm-hmm. a production like that, even as a 30-second clip, I mean, takes and things. And I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right oh. now about these kinds of things and we can get more into that. We'll get that. more into it. We can talk about those boys a little bit too. But yeah, I, I really, I, I actually really like them now. I think they're funny and I think mm. their podcast is hilarious and mm. um, in many ways, maybe it's, we can take something from it in just the, the nature of being able to take the piss out of yourself and laugh at yourself. And yeah. That's that's what they're I good like about it. the Australian sort of comedic delivery that they're providing. Yeah. Mm. 100%. But anyway, mate, we're already rolling. So, Let's Matthew Thomas, uh, welcome to the podcast, brother. Um, Thank you. I suppose an introduction about you, founder of Met Media. You're a videographer, you're a friend, you're a bit of a mover and shaker. And I guess that's why, um, you know, I wanted you to come on. I appreciate what you do from a business point of view. We obviously aligned a while ago through friend to friend introduction and, and did um, some, some, some work together um, and was really impressed by the professionalism and everything and mate that obviously shows through because I've got listed here you know other companies that you've worked here with like Lululemon you've got Adidas Box Raw which is an up-and-coming brand that seems to be doing really well from a marketing point of view ASICS so again another really well established brand within the fitness industry uh, on running hype shoe store jungle HQ of course and uh, you know some high-end fashion stuff including you know the recent Dior runway and um, and it wasn't too long ago that you were over in Coachella um, having I suppose a business and pleasure combination no doubt over there and and mate you know how old are you 24 24 and that's what i mean so you know you're you're a younger lad new into it and mate already accomplishing really really big things which i i think is amazing and and i guess when i look at um what my criteria is for wanting somebody to come on you know you'd think typically well you know jack he's a health and fitness guy um sticking to you know my my niche there but 
Um, you know, all, all I'm interested in is other people that are doing really good things. And I think health and fitness in, in many ways ties into somebody's ability to perform and execute, mate. So I'm just, uh, 100%. I suppose, interested to use this as an opportunity just to get to know you better as a person, mate, and sure. uh, become closer as friends and and uh, hear some stories. So, mate, tell me a little bit about, I suppose, your journey starting off as a videographer going from when did the inspiration kind of first come to you and how have you taken this from mm. sort of idea into, um, I suppose, a portfolio that now has you in demand with a great network? Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for the epic intro too. You're welcome. <laughs> so, You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, I guess I'll take a few steps back. I didn't ju- I didn't start with motion. Mm-hmm. Um I actually started with photography a, a fair way back, actually, back in school. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, just uh, school wasn't my thing, very clearly. Very dyslexic. Um, always have been, always will. Mm-hmm. But that just didn't click at school, I'm sure, as a lot of people know. I um, can relate. I didn't do very well at school either. Yeah, so it was it was hard because I knew I – I think deep down I knew I wasn't dumb, mm-hmm. but because of the feeling that, you know, you go in there, you can't – can't keep up with what's going on in the classroom you know you tend to feel pretty beaten down so that was pretty hard um but it also like gave me a bit of a gave me a bit of a fire in my belly and this one day the media teacher came up behind me in year 10 and goes matt those those photos are really good and i was like bang that's the first compliment in year 10 in year 10 yeah cool. yeah i mean prior to that sport kept me alive like being mm. active like if i mean if i wasn't a bit very gifted to be naturally pretty athletic with sport football cricket um martial arts all like it just obsessed with sport and that kept me alive but if i didn't if i didn't have that that would have who knows like probably would have been even harder but it's a common story yeah super common um so kind of got that compliment from my teacher in year 10 um super grateful for that and then just kind of was like whoa that's the first compliment i've had out of sport or this is this could make this could make a living kind mm-hmm. of a straight away in my head um i did vcal in year 11 to be honest fucked around a lot like just just was a menace to be honest um mm-hmm. and then got to the end of year 11 i was like right i can't do this so i'm out so um parents were very um very supportive i mean i'm i'm blessed to have the best parents in the world are I, I think like did you ever have any resistance from them um i suppose chasing a field of work that isn't maybe perceived as a high level of security and consistency and, and those things yeah for sure um not really um well, that's nice it's amazing man like mm. to be honest look i didn't i don't think i felt it but getting older i've realized behind closed doors their discussions were different. They were like, like, can he actually make enough money in this world? Like, what is it? Like, how does it work? I mean, very blue-collar working. You know, dad's worked in the banking industry, mum's a nurse. So mm-hmm. very much like, well, okay, mm-hmm. this it's all a lot different. But, you know, I think I, I showed, I demonstrated even before year 10, like I said, I got a little bit of work experience at the age and I was demonstrating that I was able to like already network and get a few jobs and like, kind of got my first paper publication around that year 10 and mum and dad could kind of see that I was already able to get work so I think by the time it came to year 11 they were just pretty much like that's fine you can leave but mm. you just need to have a oh, plan. So you left school? I left school ah. yeah year 11 yeah. so. Um, and you, you grew up in Melbourne? Um, 
I spent nine years in Brisbane, first nine years in Queensland, grew up in Queensland, born mm-hmm. Townsville, moved to Brisbane. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, spent spent the first of my nine kind of years of my life there. And then when I was in year three, I moved to Melbourne and then had to like do the whole repeat year three thing. So I had to do year three again and um, move and everything. And look, moving actually... Hey, that's crazy. I did... Re- I repeated grade three as well. Oh, weird. But... Um, yeah, Dif- different scenario. Different I scenario. I just started school early, so if I hadn't I repeated, you. I would have been really young for the grade. And then yeah, 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 through yeah. a period of sort of eight, nine, ten years old, I was between England and Australia, and right. kind of didn't go to school for very much for like four years. So they kind of Whoa. used the opportunity to repeat, repeat. Yeah, classic. Mm, which it's no fun when you get told that when you're young that you yeah. got to repeat a level. Yeah, but mo- moving to I moved out to Matt like Masson Ranges area. Mm-hmm. So I kind of moved from a, I mean, you know, a house really no bigger than one, you know, small, tiny inner city, 500 metres from the central of Brisbane and then moved to kind of like semi-country Victoria. My my dad's all like, dad grew up on 100,000 acres yeah, back I've in the day. Yeah, I've been to Macedon. Yeah. What is it? It's only, it's only an hour or it's two. It's only maybe? like an hour, hour yeah. out of the city. Like mm. it's not far, but it's, you know, it definitely breaks into... A little bit more land rural. out there. It is rural, yeah. Um, and soon it probably won't be. But um, mm. so moving out there was amazing because we moved into a house that was on two acres, and I just looked at the backyard and I was like, "Oh shit! Like I can kick a football as far as I can now." And mm-hmm. so I think I think that was good that change. Um, and then yeah, obviously that's kind of that. But going going back to what I was saying, um, yeah, kind of got that compliment and latched onto that. Did a little bit of work. Mum and dad were just like, got to have a plan in year 11. They're like, you can leave and we can see that school is just Isn't working. just not working. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they're, you know, not that I've actually had a deep enough discussion with my parents about this yet, but I'm sure there was almost a bit of desperation in them. Mm-hmm. You know, going back now and having a look in like the office, like dad's office now, you know, I see, you know, the rows and rows of books on dyslexia and dyspraxia and all this stuff. Like, oh, they were actively oh, actually... Trying to- yeah, I mean mm. they're workers, like they're hardworking people, and they were they were actively very active, and they were like I was diagnosed when I was young, like so they were yeah, very. Can you tell me a bit more about your dyslexia yeah. and the troubles that that brings, and yeah. how it affects you today and day to day? Hundred percent, yeah, for sure. So, oh, that's the best way to describe it. There's a few interesting ways to describe it, and some crazy statistics on dyslexia, but um, the way it affects the way it affected me when I was young. Now, a lot of kids, you know, they have words jumping around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that when I looked at a page to read that things would float around and move. It was more that when I would read, like, I'd very easily jump lines or the amount of energy that I put into reading a word took so much kind of brain capacity that, like, I don't hold on to any of the information I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, look, generally when I was young, I could barely read. Like, it was just so hard. Like, I just couldn't form the letters i just it was just like you know something goes in your brain and it just hits a brick wall hits a brick wall hits a brick wall hits a brick wall and it can definitely be like you can improve definitely you can improve and with age you know i was lucky that i grew up in a time with technology mm-hmm. as soon as my parents got me a lot they got me they tried to get very again like super appreciative of the way that my parents thought about things because in about year three or f- was it, maybe three four or five they noticed that maybe having a computer, having something to type on, having the internet, having Facebook, reading, reading, reading mm. would help. And it and it helped a lot. Like I think having technology 
has helped heaps because we're forced to. We're forced to go on Instagram and read. We're for, we have you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some of those neuro pathways that have improved. Like I can definitely read now. I can compose good emails. There's the old spelling mistake still. Mm-hmm. It's the way it affects me now is that my punctuation ability is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, you know I can I can spell the majority of words now with the technology and everything. Like you can pretty much pretty much spell everything, but there'll still be every now and then where I just just don't know how to spell something. And and mm-hmm. to be honest, that is that is probably a lack of, maybe a little bit of lack of my input because I'm noticing as I put in a little bit more input into my vocabulary and stuff now, it's definitely computing a bit better. But mm-hmm. when I was young, it was just way, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Mate, I, I know so what you mean. No, it's, mate, hard, it's, very hard to, it's very hard to describe. No, I, I, I'm asking not just out of curiosity to hear your side but just even relating to it yeah 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 because just like you've mentioned and it's it's funny you know like more successful people and i'm not saying that you know i'm super successful you are either but we're running our own race yeah and that's something we should be proud of and more people that i meet that are doing that typically didn't do very well at school yeah and it's something that i i don't know if i feel passionately about i just feel quite uh, confident in yes. standing behind my statement that the the system, the education system itself, is poorly designed for the diversity of individuality and the type of learning. Some people are visual learners, some people are reading learners, some people are doing learners. You know what I mean? And and again, I too, I think it was multifactorial, like all these things typically are. But went through school having a great difficulty. Reading. I actually went mm. through a university degree and didn't buy a single textbook mm. because what was the point? I knew I wasn't going to read it because I too would sit down and read a line and completely forget what I've just read and find myself reading that same line 10 times and still not computing yeah. what I've actually taken in there. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily have been would mm. label myself or would have been diagnosed as dyslexic, but yeah. it's definitely had difficulty with the traditional form of reading yeah. and absorbing. Yeah. And it was only um, basically my big turning point of learning was A, finding something that you were interested in and it was relative. is a huge, huge, huge component. component. But also, uh, you know, I, I learned from people that possess the knowledge and the lifestyle and the skill set that I wanted and I consulted and recorded those conversations and listened to those back yeah. over and over and over yeah. like a podcast really, yeah. for that to sink in yeah. and and just by listening to those words and listening to articulated people yeah. speak and kind of being my own detective in terms of whether that be anything from um I suppose just just a word mm. in its definition, and I don't know what that is. And then going to find, okay, well, what was that word? Oh, now I understand it. Mm. I can create, connect the dots between, and at least follow the story that you're telling me, and then perhaps try and use that word within one of my sentences or something mm. over the next few 100%. days, and it improves over time. But it just, yeah, the avenues of learning, and I think the school system, it just it it can be very um shallow in its bottleneck of capacity for a lot of people and i too left school feeling like i was the jock that was dumb and yeah and now all of a sudden people are telling me that i'm actually intelligent i feel really embarrassed by it and things like that. it's it's interesting like you you sat on a really like some really good stuff there like just the statistics listen to this statistic it's crazy 
60 to 70 percent of people that are in prison or juvie are dyslexic Mm -hmm. the other end is 40 percent of self-made millionaires are dyslexic Mm. so it's just like this complete there's like very like little middle ground and i think it's very much it's to do with that they're in school they're disheartened but they can they can go down a route of like just mucking up like oh i can steal shit or i can do stupid shit or i can i can you know sell gear or do mm-hmm. all the you know, and they very easily get down a route of like oh that's e- i can do that because they feel disheartened that they can't do anything else but as soon as you see a dyslexic kid that's empowered to just lean into something they love mm. like good luck keeping up with them there's a well, i think that's what i'm trying to say we shouldn't be isolating the definition of intelligence by your ability to just read, uh, read and write. Right. Well, and I think that's what's happening is like you, yeah. you've taken a photo yeah, and that creative artistic eye yeah. is a form of intelligence. And, yeah. and it'd be interesting. And that's just obviously a way that you've found to express yourself. Yeah. I think another way to look at dyslexia for people that don't quite understand it, that is a positive. And it's definitely not, like it's still classed today as a disability, but there's some really good organisations out there like Made by Dyslexia. Richard Branson's a big part of that. Like they're doing some really interesting stuff. But um, a good way to think of it is the way we problem solve is actually our biggest, like is like like physically, like the way that our brains work is is the most powerful thing. So where like someone that isn't just like, and this isn't this is very generalized. So I don't want people to think like, oh, hey, you don't think like this. This is just studies that they've done to kind of understand like how what is a dyslexic brain really doing different mm-hmm. and the main thing is that when say um uh i don't know i'm gonna say my mum right i don't feel like she's not really on the dyslexic spectrum like i am so she might have a problem um that she needs to solve maybe something's happened i don't know what that is um anything and and then there's a solution and they go oh maybe there's one or two solutions yep cool oh that's good bang and they just go straight to the point a dyslexic is slower, especially in school, because our problem-solving ability usually goes, there's a problem. It's like, all right, here's 10 different ways potentially of going about this. It's like, 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 like to sit on that one for a bit, mm, sit on that one a bit, sit on that one, mm. and then we kind of like zigzag and cross and find different routes to achieving things. It might take longer, mm-hmm. um, but tends to be more long-term effective. I don't know. This could be any, if it's a financial decision or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super relatable to me. I've only found that in the last few years when I heard that uh, from a TED talk that I watched on dyslexia. And I've been watching the way that I'm kind of going about my work or my decision-making is I find, oh, I'm definitely a little slower than other people. Mm-hmm. But the decisions that I'm making and the routes that I'm deciding to go down are long-term. The right decisions. Way more effective if that's, yeah, if that's financially, blah, 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 blah. And, mate, I'm sure that yours experiences as a kid and probably your relationship with food and yeah. such wasn't probably too different to mine or mm. what your traditional Aussie kid eats yeah, with yeah, your six-week yeah. mix in the morning 100%. trying to outdo Brett Lee and, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. tablespoons yeah. of sugar, sugar and, and shit-quality oh, milk no. on top and then you're off to recess and you're having a toasted sandwich or, 100%. you know, a muesli bar or something like that nature. And I, I, I think it's just an imp- interesting point to hash on even just for perhaps some of the people listening and i i want to choose my words carefully because i'm speaking a little bit out of scope here but yeah 
um, you know, it's something that I've come to to learn um, in my experiences in consulting with people that are far more qualified in the realm of psychology and stuff yep. than what I am. And when we look at things, whether um, dyslexia falls under this category or not, I'm not entirely sure, no. but even things like attention deficit disorder, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. all of these things, that they're, they're a label. Idiot, yeah. And oh, it's... Um, and depending on the individual, these labels can be really helpful for people because it gives them understanding and go, oh, this makes sense now. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually not, you know, it gives you reason as to why some of the, why you are the way you are in some yeah. aspects where some people feel all of a sudden, oh, I've been labeled this. It's a, it's a, um, you, you know, it, it's stopping me from mm. being, it's a boundary in a sense. And, but, yeah. you know, I look at the, the brain chemistry, right? So you've talked a lot about problem solving there. So mm. we quite literally have a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which mm. is responsible for problem solving. Mm. It's a responsible for memory, mood, mm. clarity, problem solving, muscular contractions. Right. So when we think where those foods come from, you know, you can get good acetylcholine from things like macadamia nuts and eggs mm. and, and whatever. But again, they're protein and fat rich foods. So again, mm. we look at what we're eating for breakfast as kids going to school and at recess, white bread, yeah. pastas, cereals, sugar, you know, refined 100%. carbohydrates. None of those foods are actually supporting the neurotransmitters that you probably needed and I probably needed even more than other people mm -hmm. just to get by through the day's learning, you know what I exactly mean? Exactly right. And, like, that's no blame of my parents or anything. Of course like, not. Like, you know... It's that, normal. It's it's so normal and it's something that, um, I mean, I, as I've gotten older, like, looking at nutrition in a whole different way and it's been nice to see that my parents have adopted stuff too and very open to things, you know, like, getting off certain dairies or if it's or if it's eating more meat and different types of meat and stuff how do like you that. eat um mate to be honest at the moment like it's cooked mm -hmm. like if i'm gonna be completely honest um i've definitely neglected um like just eating routines and things like that look to be honest i eat i eat fairly uh, i eat fairly basic to mm -hmm. be honest like my my week will be um a lot of brown rice, a uh, lot of chicken thighs, a lot of tuna, a lot of rocket, some avo, some maybe some tomatoes. Yeah, like yeah, and then like on the weekends, like, I'll like I'll splurge a little bit, have a little bit of fun. But like, I say that it's all over the place. But when I when I pull it back, I'm never like I'm not eating garbage every night. Like I'm still trying to keep it pretty pretty clean. One thing I am very keen for probably over the next six months is just to get into the habit of eating better produce. Like I've definitely fallen into the trap of convenience mm -hmm. and that is, I'm not even going to give myself an excuse because there really isn't one, but it's just because I've probably been prioritizing just the growth of work and everything at the moment over going to the, take hey, the I'm not here to lecture you, brother. I'm not here to lecture you, but yeah, no, I'm, but like I'm I obviously like supportive I'm, of But that. you know, like my partner and I are always talking like, shit, like we need it, like we need it go you know we need to be going to the market getting some better produce like i mean i see it i've known it for ages you go to woolies look at this shit and i'm just like fuck this isn't a banana <laughs> like oh yeah you know, mate, like and i'm I, mean, I am eating that at the moment like i'm you know I'm, i am doing that but not to send us down a uh conspiracy rabbit nah, hole but there nah, was a fair bit i shared it yesterday have you seen some of the info about um Bill Gates buying up half the farmland in the United States so that he will basically own the monopoly and use that to produce, um, produce, well, yeah, artificial meat like plant. 
plant-based meat, which right. we are knowing, or I only shared a post on my Instagram yeah. yesterday about that, mm. um, that Dr. Pran uh, actually put together, who's one of the best resources, I think, with nutritional and health information on Instagram, and he's in Sydney. Um, and But I just coincidentally before that had shared a post by uh, Dr. Sean Baker, who yeah. is a big advocate for the carnivore style yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, diet, yeah. and their products were pulled off the shelf after a chunk of wood was found in those burgers and oh, you know no. and i laughingly responded to many people that um you know replied to that <laughs> sharing saying that funnily enough that's probably actually the healthiest ingredient that was within that burger yeah. if we if we go as far as calling it that burger um so yeah, 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 you, yeah, you know yeah, that, yeah. that's a uh it's a scary oh, thought honestly man. there's a lot i, I watched a really, really interesting podcast actually with, with the liver king on, oh yeah, yeah. Was Logan. that with the Nil- no with the Nilk Boys? No, nah, nah, with Logan Paul. I watch yeah. I, I watch a lot of Logan's stuff. It keeps me kind of up to date with um, kind of what non- did you think of it? Non- nonsense Hollywood stuff and all of that. Um, it was interesting. I've never really heard this guy speak before. Liver King. He came um, out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely nowhere. But look, to be honest, like I definitely think there's some there's some fact and everything in in what he preaches. Do I want to eat? Raw liver every day. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a big step. It's a big step. Oh, look, I'm look, I'm up to it at the moment. I'm just kind of in this absolute kind of grind phase, and I'm just like, right, I will, I will get to it. Um, mm. But at the moment, I'm just a little bit like, I will get to you know, branching out. I'm also in the process of kind of like living between two places, and will be moving into a new place with my partner in like the next three weeks anything like that and that'll help very disruptive oh mate i've been living between two different places now for like yeah well and truly over well and truly over like four or five months or so that's my choosing you know because it's hard when you're in a new relationship but but it is really nice to lock into some really hard 100 percent. and to cook and it like just like oh mate i just literally had um because i'm still in a rental and uh the the stove top blew and it took them 15 days to get me a replacement and um you know i was was pretty fucking pissed off that it took (laughs) that long to be honest and i know that a lot of those things are outside of my control if you're going through the the rental and they've got their Mm. um you know their sparky or whoever it is that's doing it that they go through and and the time that it took but 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 I, I, i did um you know discuss it with them and got a reduction off the rent which had to go a bit back and forth as they were trying to tell me that that should only equate to 10 percent nah and i just said look i i i I apologize but when i look at the main components of what i'm paying for in this rental is my bedroom the bathroom and something to cook to cook on and i shouldn't really need to justify to you my Mm. nutritional requirements and how it's affecting my quality of life and that i was you know for for a guy who's well, a lot of his life revolves well, around, around what I'm fucking eating, eating. Um, and that's a that's a high priority for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, convenience is something that I try and steer away from. But being forced into that situation just even threw me out of whack, just my mood and stuff yeah. constantly. But yeah, um, when so. you are moving in between houses and between places, it can be really really hard to um to to stick to things. Yeah, when, I when think you're not I think eating well and everything like is routine. Mm. Like, so I'm really excited for the next few months. We'll get, get a little bit more grounded and get the, um, get a bit more consistent. Have you ever eaten organs before? Um, oh, I may have like, you like pate? Or something. yeah, 
You yeah. should start with pate. Pate. Super easy to make too. Yeah, true. Super easy to make and it's delicious. Yeah. Or I just usually start people off because again, Liver King does his thing and yeah. good on him and that's yeah. awesome. But again, I appreciate it and I appreciate that more of us would not have probably had a problem with that style of thing maybe, you know, a thousand years ago. Mm. Um, but mm-hmm. we are in modern society and we have been born into this reality. So yeah. that is the foreign and is probably a little bit too hardcore for most people to yeah. really adopt. But I appreciate you, oh, yeah. uh, you know, him showing that to us. But we got to think about, and I say this to people all the time, whether it be with nutrition or whether it be training, that the most optimal program on paper is not always the most optimal program. If that, because if that person doesn't execute it, mm. we, we got we got to take into consideration the individual psychology and the compliance that we're mm. going to get from that. If I tell you to do that, you're not going to do it. So mm. the program's fucking useless. Mm. So when it comes to organs, mate, I think one of the best ways to start incorporating those things uh, is get. 10% liver through your mm. beef mince. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. it's very hidden. You can hardly taste it. If anything, in a strange way, it kind of just sweetens up the yeah, meat okay. a little bit, but that doesn't have to be isolated to just uh, liver. I often incorporate things like heart and kidney as well yeah. as they've got different, I suppose, benefits yeah, yeah, yeah. W- within those organs. And yeah. it just it's just another variety and a good way to just add some quality of nutrients as to yeah, your yeah, initial yeah, yeah, yeah. point there to to the meals whether that yeah. goes into your bolognese whether that yeah, goes yeah, into yeah. your burgers and whatever you know yeah exactly right um yeah. shout out to the boys at hagen's to uh yeah, do it because i've actually had a lot of uh blowback from well not blowback but people hit me up saying mate my butcher won't do it for me oh, um, really? it's been really hard to find so you know i Maybe it's not as common as what I initially thought to get your butcher to do that. But yeah, again, yeah, yeah. good on the boys at Hagen's to uh, to uh, prepare that up for us. Yeah, very nice. So, mate, tell me about um, tell me about Coachella. Okay, um, Coachella. Hey, well, well, maybe maybe before we go to Coachella because yeah. we've sort of pinged we've around pinged a lot. Around that it. yeah. Um, You've gone from your compliments in grade yeah, 10. I'll, quick, I'll you, speed it up. You've, you've found a bit of your passion there for yep. photography and felt like this is me. You've left yep. school. You've got yep. your work experience at the age. Yep. How have you gone from there to now working okay. with some of these established right. brands? So I'll speed it up a little bit. So I, We're in no rush. Yeah, good. so what I did is um, uh, mum and dad needed a plan. That's where we were at. So they were like, yep, you can leave, but you need a plan. So started looking around at... Um, courses and things and I think initially I was interested in maybe doing like a dessert or a diploma in um in actually in interior design I don't I don't know why but like going I don't know I think I just had an interest for spaces and the layout and the feel of a space I think can have a really big impact on the way you feel and like you know I don't know I think I just avoid were interested in that and then I started to realize oh maybe I'm more interested in the photos of the spaces so then um, went to an open date RMIT, um, actually when I was in year 10 or 11, um, to do photography and started having a chat and saw them shooting in the studios and things. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, mm. so I went in, um, took my folio into RMIT, um, as when I said I was going to leave that kind of around that year 11 time and, um, and I sat down and they said, oh, you know, do you have your GPA and all of that? And I was like, oh, 
No, and they and she, you know the lady that was like she she didn't necessarily say. What's to me, your GPA? I'm, I think, I'm fucking. Yeah, I think I think your GPA. So it's, your it's just your school, like your, VC, your yeah, score right. for your year twelve or whatever. Yeah. And I said, so oh, that, that's showing you how good of a student I was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh. and I, and um, and I kind of just said to her, I said, look, not no, I don't. And she, it's not like she was like, oh well, we don't accept people, but she was definitely it was definitely like a, a bit of a hesitation. I was like, oh well, like. You seem pretty young. Like, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. And anyway, they started flicking through my folio. And by that time, I already had I had some interesting photos. Like I'd taken photos like big rally, like neo-Nazi, like big rallies in the city. Like I'd just get in oh, there wow. with my camera, police like pouring, you know, spraying spray. I've got some incredible photos of like lines of police like spraying um, pepper spray and the sun shining through it and like so when, some, when was this oh, years it, like, I don't even know like I think I was in year 10 yeah okay. and I just and I'd be like mum and I'm just going to the city to take some photos and yep. there I am just getting pushed around by cops just taking photos I just was fascinated about I got a lot of that inspiration from working at the age because a lot of those old guys they were like into that photojournalism stuff and mm-hmm. so I already had this really interesting portfolio and because I was going out and assisting these photographers from the age maybe we'd have to do a portrait of a footy player for an article or something so I already had some pretty pretty good stuff and um, and I thought for the age that I was at, I was shooting quite well. So she started looking through and, she, and I could tell she was like, oh, okay, like this is actually pretty good. Like there's demonstrating all types of different styles of photography, you know, long exposure, sports stuff, portraiture, different, you know, lighting methods and things. And and then the course coordinator kind of came over and pitted, is that Eddie? And I've, uh, I'm still mates with Eddie to this day and um, – He's a, he's a legend, but he peered over her shoulder and was like, oh, yeah, no, we'll get you a spot. Because I was pretty much one of the last people to be interviewed, so I was actually really nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know. If I'm, I'm, I'm too young. I've got no score. And he was just he was just like, yeah, he pretty much just said, like, leave it with me. Like, we'll, we'll make you a spot. And, yeah. So That's I've, awesome. I've had a lot of, like, core people over the way that I can list that just had a bit of belief. Little pivotal moments. Yeah, yep. a bit of belief. So that happened – did did three years. That's actually where I met Rod, where, which is our connection. I figured, yeah. So, studied photography at RMIT. Did it over three years part time. Did it slower because I realised that if I did my de- I did the cert four in one year, then the diploma in two. Usually do the diploma in one. But I looked at how much content was in that. Again, I feel like another very dyslexic way of going about it, but I saw the amount of content that was in... But that's fine. That's just yeah. self-awareness. Yeah, you yeah. No rush. Yeah. Enjoy Get, the process. Looking at how much content was in that diploma and looking at how stressed people were. They were rushing work. I was like, oh, I can go part-time. It's not going to cost me any more. And I get a whole year of access to all the equipment and 24-hour studio access. Now, that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Having studio access to go in there, set up lights, access to all the... Ca- and just, just play and experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, was like super, super important. So I kind of, I went hard. I was ultra competitive because I, I just got a burn for it. I just like, once I started, I was like, fuck, I'm not here to make friends. Like, to be honest, I was probably a little bit stubborn in my ways. I didn't actually, I made friends, but I didn't, I didn't also have time for it. I was just, I was so tunnel visioned. It was ridiculous. Like to the point actually where, um, like I've been in hospital multiple times for burnout. So I actually had an addiction. I got a massive work addiction in uni, like where kids would go at the weekend and, you know, pop pingers and do lines. And that was their like kind of, not addiction, but their like weekend, like their fix. It was the norm, yeah. My, my, and I know it sounds very foreign to a lot of people. I'm not saying this to say, I'm not actually saying, I'm not uh, promoting this. It was actually terrible. Like I would, um, I think there was just so much anxiety attached to leaving school and needing to make it, needing to prove it that, 
it would result in me, you know, staying at uni four days in a row. Like I would get to uni at 8am, I would work there, work with the teachers, do all my classes till about, I don't know, 6pm and then I would go to the studio, shoot my own stuff, then take those images or whatever I do back to a, an editing room and I would edit there till... I don't know, 4am mm. walking around like, so, you know, when they talk about you get so sleep deprived that you get a bit like, so a bit psychotic almost. Like, I was like walking around the uni at like 5am with no shoes on, just still making shit. And I did this, I uh, ended up in hospital, I think when I was in uni. Mate, you're once a or fucking twice. photographer and videographer. You're meant to be a bit crazy. I was a bit crazy. You're meant like, to be a bit I was, crazy. I was a bit, it was a little bit too much, but bit at Hunter the same, Thompson. so I went, yeah, so I went, I went ridiculously hard in uni, like, so stupidly hard and it did result in a really good end folio which got me two job offers at two studios straight off the bat and i was like great this work is paid off and that's what i mean it's coming at a price you've achieved something for it though but you kind of in a way like probably needed yeah. to go through that to learn oh, this I'd foundation of work ethic and now realize hey where is the middle ground <laughs> where is where's the, the sustainable ground? place and i think yeah and no blame on like my dad or anything but i did you know our surname Thomas, like looking at my my grandfather and and my dad and the way that they worked, like definitely was influenced by the way that they worked and and seeing that and it probably took it to a little bit of a sickening level in in uni, but I kind of needed to go through that and I needed to get sick a few times to be honest to realize that oh like this actually isn't sustainable at all. Mm-hmm. So it was good. So got this got this. Well, job. you don't know where the line is until you cross it. Till you cross it, yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. You know, you kind of. Can't really, I believe, in any professional level, you can't work smarter, not harder, until you've worked hard enough for long enough to be able to do that. I agree. It, I know? agree. Yeah, I think like it just you got to be a it master. It depends. At your like craft. if you don't want to, if you don't want to, I'm not saying like you don't. If you yeah. don't want to put in the hard work, then you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, exactly right. And also, I think that if people also just want to live a really chill, lax life and they want to do their thing and and they want to like live very presently and they you know I'm all for that it's mm-hmm. just not in my DNA like mm-hmm. uh, it's just not so yeah Are you better so, at it now much better much better i think and is that just because you've had to learn the hard way by getting sick i have i got i mean i got sick again at my at the last job i was working in before um before like you know kind of it's it's crazy to say but really only just really just over 12 months ago I've um like gone f- more fully freelance and then from there like you know scaling a business yeah but before that and, the, and when you get sick can you tell me a bit about that yeah so when I got sick this will be interesting for different people with burnout and stuff but for me it was like just like severe burnout to the point where I'd call my call my mom I was like mom like something's up I don't know what's up but I'm just gonna take myself to the hospital because I just had this the first time I got really sick I just I felt super weak and I mean that and because I'm I was so delusional because of the amount of hours I was sitting in front of a screen and sleep deprivation and sleep deprivation like I was just like very not with it to the point where like I'd forgotten that oh I'm probably feeling like this oh maybe I haven't eaten in the last like 12 hours or I haven't I've maybe had like 500 mils of water in the last two days like you know and just I'm, I didn't realize that because I was so like you're like hyper focused, hyper. Almost. Like you've like got the inability to turn off, kind of. Turn thing. off, yeah, yeah, completely. And I still, I still get it a little bit. Like at the moment, I'm working. Do you do, you do anything strategically? Do you do you schedule breaks, or if you're in a period of work, do you now, set an yeah, alarm now, to say, "Hey, mate, you need to take 10? Yeah, now I'm much better at it. Um, I, I definitely schedule time. I also like just don't have the same energy I did then. 
Like mm. I think almost like I've had a bit of success. And it's not like I'm it's not like I'm yeah, I'm like mean. it's not like I'm sitting back going, um Yeah, I've got I'm not good now. You know, yeah. I'm I'm good now, I'm not gonna work I'm I'm fucking working hard right now. But I don't I'm not as like there's not as much anxiety attached to like shit. I've got to make this work. Like I know now. Do, do, do you think that's a? I'm just again only no, thinking no, no. about my own thought processes yeah. with work. Do you sometimes get caught up in um, like creating imaginary deadlines? Like that you you have to have this done like quick and that you're racing against time and um, that if you don't get it done like I know I suffer with that a little bit and I have to yeah. constantly pull myself and remind myself Jack there is no deadline yeah this yeah. Is, is stop thinking about the finished product enjoy mm. the process like mm. that that's my internal dialogue trying to talk myself off the ledge a little bit when I get a bit anxious about it or yeah um <clears throat> yeah yeah definitely and I still do that I yeah. still I do it all the time um I always try and meet if it's anything, if it's just like an advancement in business or if it's getting something or if it's, you know, yeah, for sure. I definitely, I definitely set these timelines in my head that don't make probably a lot of sense to other people, but I'm not super bummed about that. Like I'm, I'm happy to have those boundaries for me, but if any point that I do feel a bit overwhelmed, yeah, it's, it's nice to sit back and be like, okay, you know, like it's all good. Like Mm -hmm. everything's all good. Stop stressing out. But it's interesting, like my anxiety that formed through school mm. and that like anxiety around making it and proving it mm-hmm. is equally a superpower as a detriment mm-hmm. because the anxiety can be crippling because it's just sometimes you're just like, like when things aren't working or you're, tr- you're trying to make something work, it's so hard. But, but equally that little bit of anxiety that I've still got in me from a kid kind of is that a daily thing that you carry around with you or is it a oh, i'm a highly i'm a highly anxious person do you, what do you what do you do in attempts to, to mitigate it um me- meditation um is a massive one for me i don't do it enough at the moment but what's your t- talk, talk me through your typical meditation environment <laughs> so no people around me ideally headphones on um and i follow a mantra based meditation i was taught by i got a good couple of friends Chriselle and rochelle fox mm-hmm um they're based in bali at the moment but they've traveled the world running meditation seminars i actually met him when i was really young randomly and he i thought we were going to talk about graphic design and all of a sudden he tells me about how powerful this shit is and and i've I've really i've been practicing it ever since but probably in the last year maybe not as regularly enough but the exercise is another big one for me Mm -hmm. i mean adhd dyslexia go hand in hand so like we're talking about yeah yeah. so hyper like hyper brain so for me, exercise is a big one. I just, the trouble for me is I get bored of what I'm exercising. So mm-hmm. like, you know, two months ago I was lifting weights. I was lifting the heaviest I've ever lifted. I was feeling strong. My body was looking puff. I was like, great. I look good. Um, but then now I'm just like, fuck, I actually can't have, I just can't think of anything like more boring than going and doing weights. I've well, been, well, that's it. So I've shifted. Mo- You've got to look yeah. at the motivation behind the action. Yeah, and yeah. Yours isn't to be necessarily No, swole. it isn't. I don't care. It's, like, it's and and that's not to say. Therapy. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's like every time someone, and I'm not saying every time, but, you know, I like to look good and it'd be a life I said I don't like try to do the odd workout to try to keep, like keep in some type of shape. But at the same time, like I also don't, really care like the more of the care is how much how this feels when yeah. i exercise so so now i'm boxing a lot more like i've done martial arts since i was a kid so like now i, I think i'm just kind of go so go between lots of different things but exercise is a big one and then once i get that done then 
than meditation. But over anything, mm. the biggest thing for me is sleep. Mm-hmm. If I'm under oh, yeah. and I learned that from the uni days and getting sick and realizing how <coughs> fragile, like I wouldn't just go into the, you know, wouldn't just go in there and you asked me what the sickness looked like. It was essentially, I'd go in there, they'd be like, right, you're like, you know, you're weak, you know, you've, we need to pump four, four liters of fluid into you and like literally the next, you know, mm. you're so under, like your body is just like, like screaming at you, like mm-hmm. for help. Um, and that was all types of lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, just, 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 just you, not looking you, after are myself. Are you pretty consistent now in terms of sort of wake up and bedtime? Um, no. You're um, an artist, aren't you? Yeah, I find it very hard. Um, I think I'm finding it a bit harder because I'm still in that moving period and yep. my partner works shift work and she... Um, Disrupts your sleep. so button. hard, mm. mate. It's so hard. The, the, sleep, the sleep's definitely tricky. It's definitely getting better. I'm finding that I'm just going to bed a lot later and... And and waking up a little bit later, and I'm not beating myself up for that because mm-hmm. there's this whole thing around get up early, you know, mm-hmm. beat the morning. And one thing I do like about getting up in the morning is that it gives me more time before the calls and emails start coming at nine a.m. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I do like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really. And, and again, for a guy who spends a lot of time in front of a computer screen, that can be disruptive to your ability to fall asleep. Yeah, hundred percent. So sleep's number one. If there's anything that's going to affect my mental health, I, my I could not agree more, mate. I am. It is ridiculous. Super yeah. sensitive to sleep, and the yeah. dif- my, the difference in my entire personality. Oh, mate, in I'm terms of you know even being motivated with work ethic and Anything. ability to push or get through pain or whatever it may Everything. be on a good night's sleep yeah. is applaudable. When yeah. I yeah. Uh, yeah. had no sleep, it yeah. is deplorable. Like, it's fucking Oh, awful. mate, I'm the same. I can actually be like... My anxiety comes out to probably the people that I love the most in very snappy ways sometimes. And, and that is a result usually because I haven't gotten the sleep. So do you do much writing? Sleep. Um, I used to, I used to like journal almost every night and that helped me sleep. I mean, yeah. I used to struggle with sleep, like, you know, typical artist brain and the Cause, brain. Cause again, you you've alluded to the fact that you're not very good with your reading and taking in that information. Yeah. How do you go actually writing? Creatively, like, really good mm. like un- and the beautiful thing I find about yeah. writing even with my own journaling is I often go back and read it and sometimes struggle to make sense out of what I've yeah, written but same. that's not that's not, that's the, not I'm not doing nah. it to present it to oh, anyone I'm just anyone, I'm vomiting on the page if anyone tried to read some of my journals mm. oh my god they'd think I'm fucking crazy like you know they wouldn't be able to read half it of it dyslexic prick. yeah yeah, <laughs> I know but I, but, I, but I don't care like it's not yeah. actually for anyone to read no what's, of course not what's nice about it is just getting Especially at the moment, I probably should be doing a little bit more at the moment with what's with everything that's going on. But just getting all those thoughts out onto paper before you go to sleep and go to sleep. But the biggest things, yeah, f- for me, you know, sleep, exercise, and and to top it all off, really calming the mind once a day with meditation. Ultimately, mm-hmm. if I can if I can nail those three things, I'm 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 in st- I'm unstoppable. But um, but I'm also really good at running or, no sleep. So. Um, yeah, but, which is bad. Like and, I'm still, I know what like, you mean, do, but do you you know what? I'm not. Like yeah. I'm not. Like I'm not good at. I'm not good at running. But, on but you are whatever you tell yourself you are. Your internal dialogue yeah. will be the truth. So I, I do, I've done that same too. Is yeah. that it, whether it be renovating gyms to yeah, turn, yeah. turn this warehouse into a gym, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting here on a 16 hour day, and I still yeah. got the paint roller in my hand, or I'm polishing, like grinding yeah, yeah, concrete, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, covered yeah. in dust, yeah. and uh, it's my birthday, and I'm alone, and I'm, and it sucks. But I'm smiling because I'm like, 
this sucks so much yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm going to look back on it yeah. and, you know, be big in it to myself because I know yeah. that I'm doing what other people will not or cannot. Yeah. And that can, that mindset will get you through till you really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. 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 It's a good one to have. You've just got to also know then like, okay, I've done a, now I know, okay, I've done a few of those days. Yeah. Now, it's a how do I balance it out? Mm. Like last, like yesterday is a great example. What did I do? I think I was up at seven thirty or eight, mm-hmm. or maybe like even working by then. And then I f- f- probably shut my laptop at eleven, mid- around midnight. My partner got home at twelve thirty, so I probably would have shut it at quarter past twelve. Like, mm-hmm. and that's very typical of me. But oh, it's funny you say that. I was sitting there doing a lot of stuff that I don't even find that interesting creatively but spreadsheets and shit like that and I was just sitting there going fuck like this will like it's it's all worth it like just keep going but then today for example I know that I've got to give myself a bit of I've got to give myself a bit of breathing room I'm, I'm mm. much better at it I think being in a relationship has helped me honestly significantly um, in so many ways mm. so many ways it's actually been nuts just by um, making you step outside of yourself well yeah my partner is very much um i mean and you you, you, know, you know miranda like she's she's a legend but she's very much a free spirit she's not really attached to the idea of like being anything too hectic like she, she doesn't like she just has she's simple, her own person yeah she has those sure. simple things that she wants to do and enjoy mm-hmm and it's not like she's being complacent. It's actually like, no, like that's her success. Mm-hmm. And I almost sometimes... Well, yeah, success shouldn't be looked no, no, just no, no, as no, monetary. No, 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 no. And, I, no, no. and not even monetary, but like goal setting, achieving things. Like she's just a complete free spirit. And like, I'm going to do th- these things and she will do them well. And I'm sure like she's doing a lot of other st- her own stuff in the business world. And, and I'm sure she's going to absolutely kill it. And she, you know, even though maybe sometimes she doesn't fully believe it. But... um it's uh yeah she balances me out hugely um hugely i'm so go 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 extrovert chatting charging my batteries off other people da 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 and she's just very much like like so it, it the dynamic's been unreal and she's she's helped me a, a lot with um even just little financial things like spending i've, I've had a bad attachment a bad relationship with spending money and mm-hmm. and things just i think um have you listened you know, to uh or ever heard much of gabor mate's stuff don't think so mate i reckon you'd really like him he's yeah. uh I, I guess he's um specialist in i suppose addiction okay and, and trauma yeah interesting um and you know you've you'll see him featured with people from tim ferris to yeah, no, ferris. um Russell Brand, yeah, cool. Under the skin and those kinds of guys, and yeah. he, uh, you you listen to his stuff, and he's he um you know I think if I remember he he was you know in in Germany through the war in the sixties right. and or whatever whenever wow. it was my history is not great yeah um <laughs> but he he talks a lot about how we all have addictions. Mm. It's just that in society we've inherently labelled some good or bad if it's either injected or ingested. Mm. Whereas um, you know it might be the stay-at-home mum that spends three hours a day cleaning. Well, that's yeah. her addiction. What is she actually using that behaviour to basically fill? Not necessarily fill a void, but rather dis- distract up. from the subconscious that's going on underneath. Yeah. So. 100%. You know, there's a spectrum of what yeah. they, whether you call these addictions 
how unhealthy they are. Okay. But just given yeah, yeah. some of the things that you're sharing with oh, me, of course, I, know. I, I think yeah. you'd appreciate oh, just I'd listening to. to him. And, and, look, he, and he's got one of the most soothing yeah. voices. He's yeah. very easy to listen to. Yeah. I think another thing quickly to tie on to what else I do with the sleep and meditation that I forgot is actually for the last probably, I don't even know, I'm going to say five years. I think it's been more than that. But I've been talking to the same lady once a month. Oh, nice. Averagely. Um, and psychology. Can, psycho- psychologist. Um, she's versed in a lot of areas though. Um, she's brilliant um, and it doesn't even that's not even like if I'm struggling with anything like no. I'm pretty good at the moment I'm a little bit sleep deprived my routines are a little bit out of whack and I'm working stupidly hard but I'm pretty happy um, how did you find that relationship yeah. was it in a time of when you weren't so good yeah 100% it was mm-hmm. oh, I can't actually Oh, I do remember. I do remember. It was in a time where my anxiety was really bad. Um, um, I think that was also an influence of the workspace I was in and the studio that I worked with just when I got out of uni. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. Like It was really good for me and everything. But I um, I don't know what it is, um, but I've always had a lot of anxiety when I'm working for other businesses, like, mm-hmm. like an immense amount, like just overthinking, like uh, feeding my energy into other people's dreams. Was, was that a big driver for you to step out and start doing your own? A hundred percent. A lot of fear to do it, but yeah. So I, I think I sat down with um, with Sandra, who's my psychologist, and uh, when I was much younger, I think it was still trying to process time, essentially timeline therapy stuff on certain incidents that happened to me in school, you know, where teachers, you know, had this one teacher, you two, that would just every single class blatantly like pick me out. Mm. Um for my dyslexia and I know that might sound not that bad but for a year two year old kid with such a fragile mind mate trauma is all very contextual you know like Like, what you can relate it to a hundred percent and you know her pulling me out in the front of the class knowing and already being instructed by parents and stuff that that's not appropriate not appropriate and you know getting a, a little a little dude out there in front of a classroom of kids to stumble his way through words at that an age and and feel that laughter and you know, judgment, no, no. It, it's hectic, right? So I, I had this teacher, she's terrible, like, she's been sacked since and everything like that. And it's fascinating how cruel she was, though, and and just working through a lot of that anxiety and realising, oh, my anxiety is, like, really, like, feel it in my back and, and in my stomach. And that's how I felt when I was in school, sitting down at a desk. And mm. she picked, she's a, a genius, like. And so I she's just, into sort of the metaphysical connections and all things like that. All of it, like, art, cool. art, art, like, all, all of it. She's, she's, um... She's brilliant, and I and I think it was almost a bit of a universal thing, you know, that that I locked onto her because chatting to so many of my other mates talking about psychologists that they sit down with, like, shit, I had a terrible experience, or da da da, and, and I'm like, that sucks because I, I know I've heard so many of the same stories from yeah, our friendship group, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 and I do also feel pretty fortunate that I've thankfully found pretty I've good ones in my one. experience and, uh, and I appreciate your candor and vulnerability talking no, about it because I think I, it needs, you know, we need more and more of that because no doubt, like, just like no. I didn't, just like you did, perhaps your relationship with that therapist has been founded on the basis of need yes. and some darkness or negativity, whatever you want to label yeah, it. Of course. But, and once you've sort of made inroads and overcome some of those things, I, I view that as just 
the same as you it's a consistent yeah. thing that's booked in and i do it proactively oh. before something does go bad to check in with myself and i tell you i spend more time laughing than i do crying in these sessions <sighs> these days now just at the through the exploration of self-discovery really and Mate. just and being able to laugh at yourself and that's exactly it like uh, you know i go in there now with a smile on my face nothing's going on but i'm like okay what what, what can i learn and mm. i'm fascinated by it mm-hmm. it's incredibly well versed i'm like if i'm paying whatever it is, a hundred bucks or whatever to go in and have it, you know, it's almost like a mentorship even. Like, it really I'm is. learning, you know, it's just learning more growth in a different avenue. And Well, I think um, self-awareness is like the key ingredient to any success. And when 100%. we talked about success before, we even mentioned that that's not just professional, but it's, it's, no. it's about your, how happy are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. That's success if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be the number one thing that we're speaking about. And I think there's a lot more of it online now about, hey, like success isn't like as monetary. You know, we had these Gary V's like pushing, you know, this, da, 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 da. And, but now it seems that the message is shifting a little bit now where they're starting. I feel like there's a lot more talk online about like, like you might be happy earning 70 grand a year and just like painting pot plants and selling them online. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. and that's sick. Mm brilliant you've won like that's you've won mm. like that Mate, you know what it, i mean it, yeah everything we're talking about right now is just it, it's prompted me to i suppose disclose uh, some mm. decisions that i've come to recently mm. to those that are listening that obviously have interest in what i do of course and, and mm. you know jungle hq related things and whatever and and you know for a long time the um i guess the, the situation of the last two three years with covid and things has dramatically uh affected you know business progress yeah yeah, um and in in a sense uh kept me on the tools so to speak on the gym floor exchanging time for money so to speak um out of need out of necessity because of financial pressure and i've unfortunately now we've had some time you were asking about the business yeah. before we started recording and yeah. and the gym's going really well now and it always has when we've been given the opportunity to operate we just haven't been able to stretch the legs and every time they start stop there is a little bit of a turnover to, to to overcome so now that things are um in in that place you know i've i've been able to get myself back off the gym floor which i kind of was before all COVID and stuff yeah, anyway yeah. which because again i've got a big passion for obviously health and fitness and training people and whatever but you know as my time in the industry goes on and as I start to get older and more mature you know it's not where I want to be spending my time it is kind of a young man's game yeah in, in a way to be on yeah. on the gym floor and um you know my a big motivator behind uh me stepping back from that was to actually free up the time and energy that I had available with the intention to actually duplicate uh and expand the 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 Jungle HQ brand yep. and open a second location yep. on a much bigger scale, on a commercial scale, where I was imagining sort of 400 members and probably two, three times the space that I have here and got as far as um, business plans and uh, finance approvals and um, location, you know, visiting locations mm. and commercial spaces to to start trying to mm. make this come to life. And and only in the last sort of sort of two months or so have I been able to, you know, kind of do this and take mm. my foot off the gas a little bit and slow down a bit and prioritise what's best for me with my sleep and giving myself an extra two hours and stuff. And, mate, rather than in the past and what I've observed is, um, you know, t- usually when I've got these ideas business-related, I get a bit like you, hyper 
hyper-focused and obsessive um, mm-hmm. and can't turn off until it's done yep. and get very excited by it all. And now, yeah. actually going and looking in these places, I was actually starting to feel a bit anxious and overwhelmed. And I think a bit of that is now that I've actually I've worked for 14 years straight, getting up at 4.30am every morning, pretty much without any longer than a week off yeah, and have had huge difficulty to even take a holiday because I would go away on that holiday and get the complete opposite of relaxation because of my low self-esteem perhaps thinking mm. that you haven't done good enough, you should be working, you're here being lazy and that's mm. the kind of stuff that starts firing yes. up in my brain. Yes, and to finally now reach a place in my life and in my profession of where I can actually do that and it feels good, mm. I'm like, fuck, I've just, like I just said, I've just had 14 years of grinding. Do I really want to sign myself back up to another two to three years of slavery? Yeah. And the gym, opening another gym is a safe move for me. Yeah, yeah. like any business, there's, there's risks involved, but it's what I know. Yeah. And I don't necessarily, that, that opportunity to open a gym, gyms aren't going anywhere. Like, it's not like no. face masks and they had to be bought out and there was an opportunity to make yeah, yeah. dollars through, you know, COVID. The, no, the not gym, anyway. gym's not disappearing. And I don't really think that I'm going to learn anything more about myself mm. as an individual. Yeah, right. By doing that, because in the next two, three years, I'm going to be in the exact same place. So I've yeah. kind of um, come to the, the decision in the last few weeks that I'm actually going to put that cue in the rack for a little bit yeah. and actually just um, be grateful for the position I've put myself in where this location's turning over nicely and continues to be managed without too much uh, time necessity yeah. and giving me now the time to really time manifest back. Yeah. And do what's good for me, get my body right, doing more jujitsu and things that I'm enjoying and yeah. you know, spend more time reading books because I've yeah. actually got the energy to do so. Do so. Spend yeah. more time coming up with creative ideas. And, you know, there are um, a few of them that are really, you know, I'm not going to share all of it today because, you know, I want to reveal that when the time is of right. Course. But one of the things that I feel really excited about that has sort of come to fruition in this um, time is I'm not sure if you saw in one of the lockdowns I created a lifestyle challenge called 42 new uh, yeah I did yeah, yeah right yeah. so and, and your comments before about liver king kind of made me think of this as well is mm. that um, you know that that challenge was fucking hard mm. for somebody to accomplish the rules and uh, I suppose outlines that were within that lifestyle program, which had nothing to do with specific training other than mm. just having to exercise four times a week. But there yeah. was things like 10,000 steps per day, drinking filtered water, only eating foods yeah, from I these projects, yeah, no, no, no porn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, what else was there? Cold showers. There was journaling. There was meditation. Mm. There was breath work requirements. And for somebody who's never done that, that that's a lot that's of a information lot of to take stuff. in and f- probably feel very overwhelmed mm. and you know a confused mind says no and that's probably a bit of the reaction for a lot of people was like fuck that it's too hard i'm not even going to try yeah and so but there was a really good response and a lot of downloads for it and a lot of people um loved having a crack and, and it served its purpose of which it was where i just said you know what i'm looking around and i'm seeing a lot of people miserable and it's completely understandable what can i do to provide some value and give people something to have a go at and it was it was received really well mm. and why not give it away but the learning that i've taken from it is exactly that there needs to be more guidance so i'm i'm bringing 42 new 2.0 to cool. life and it's going to be um, drip fed and it will be all automated and every single day you're going to get a video from me. 
Yeah, right. And for 42 days. And there may be one, there may be two videos per day. And day one, oh, hi guys, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for doing the 42 new. This is what we're going to be doing over the next weeks. Tomorrow, your first goal. You, every day you've got a goal. Yeah. Tomorrow, all you need to do is wake up at 6 a.m. That's all you yeah. need to achieve today. Yeah, yeah. Day like one's that. done. Cool. All right. I like Well that. done. You've up at 6 a.m. Guys, tomorrow when you wake up, you're not allowed to look at your phone for an hour. Yeah. The first hour of the day, no phone. Yeah. Day, day three, you're going to clean out the pantry of these items so that we're getting rid of these foods from your temptation. Day seven might have your first cold shower. Day 14 might have your first meditation. And every single day, mm. we're building it so that the idea that you learn something you understand its importance because if you're anything like like me if you don't know the why you're probably too stubborn to do it yeah we implement that and carry it through the next day being that the i'll guide you through that six-week process and at the end of it you are 42 yeah, new kind yeah. of thing so you know just again rejigging that stuff from previous attempts where you might call them failures rather than just well, yeah, yeah, some yeah. people might call them failures, but they're more just they're, they're learning experiences yeah. to try things and pivot. But again, I wouldn't have the energy or time availability to put into these new creative mm. ideas if I just go do this other gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I too want to evolve and diversify the way that I spend my time and make a living. So, you know, I've got some cool... Some cool, exciting things on the uh, on the horizons, yes. man. That no doubt, That's you cool. know, you might have to help me out with it. Yeah, times. for sure. It was some bit of time back at the same time. Bit of time, bit exactly. Of balance, hundred percent. So, um, you've stepped out into freelancing, and obviously. That's been motivated by yep. your own experience and obviously your aspirations and, and mm. some of the anxiety you're feeling for other people. How did you find that um, transition? Um, interesting. Um, I think, I mean, I kind of, while I was working with other businesses, um, other agencies and stuff in-house, I was still always doing, I've still always been doing a little bit of freelance stuff. Like I always mm. have been, I'm always taking, you know, take that little bit of cash, why not? Um and it wasn't until I worked with my last agency, um, which I will not name names, um, but was quite uh, an interesting experience. Um, looking back now in hindsight, with kind of the knowledge I have, I think just, you know, potentially a group of guys trying to grow a little bit too fast for their own good. And it was actually quite a traumatic experience, unfortunately. However, if it wasn't from that, I kind of came out and, and felt a bit defeated. I was like, far out, these guys have killed my confidence. Like, do I even know what I'm doing? And I just like sat back, reassessed and was like, right, let's just start. Let's just get one job. Mm-hmm. Let's just get one job. And I got that one job. Then I started having a meeting in it and I just, and I again, got hyper-focused. Whiteboard, new whiteboard, wrote down all the people that I want to work with before the year's up and, and just made it happen. Like just, I just went hard and, I think, I think there's I, I th- a cool thing you make me think of is people just need to get comfortable with hearing no. I think that's the thing. I think you just got to get really comfortable with hearing no. And also, I didn't rush going freelance. I think there's this interesting thing in life of like rushing the next step. Like I think, and I actually did learn this from um, the previous boss of the place I worked, which turned out to be quite traumatic. But I actually took the, some of the stuff that he had, that he didn't move in in the way he worked was very impressive. And one of the things I remember hearing him say was like, when, when it enters your life or starts to come into your life, that's the right time to move. It's not like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. My example is that if I'd gone freelance, like I could have gone freelance earlier and probably grinded for a bit longer, Mm -hmm. but I came out and freelance right at the right time where I 
where it, where it was probably even a little bit prolonged maybe, but mm-hmm. because of the knowledge and everything I had, it kind of just, it, it, it just, boom, it, it happened. Like I had to leave that job for, well, I got to personal reasons really. I just had, I had to get out of there. Were you... Do, you were doing well and truly doing videography by this point in time. Yes, yeah, so you're, sorry, you're so I'll bridge that gap. So in the, left in the uni, different. So in my last my last year of uni, I actually it was a monetary thing. I looked at the paychecks that the the video people make. I was like, okay, well, a, f- a video is just twenty four photos in a second. You know, twenty when they say twenty four frames in a second, mm-hmm. a video is just twenty four photos in a second. So I was like, okay, this isn't too much different, and their paychecks are like well and truly triple. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's interesting because. I think there's a Slytherin businessman in me too. Um, and yeah, took that in my final folio was very video focused. Then I got the job. And, and since then I'll, I'll still take stills a bit more personally. I still take stills for a few clients and everything like that, but it is mostly video now, mm-hmm. mostly motion um, and things like that. Um, anyway, did a few jobs. I actually moved over to, to LA uh, for a year, came back when COVID started, mm-hmm. then got this job. Did this job for uh, just short of, I think it was only like 10 months. Um, I was working like kind of in production there, like just helping the photographers, like helping them essentially set up like to have... And were you volunteering a little bit of that time? No, definitely not. Like I was was on a full-time salary that was negotiated. I was very happy with what I was being paid. And to pick that job up in a period of the world shutting down in my industry was perfect. I mean, good, great cash flow. It all worked out really well. Um, it just turned out that we just didn't have the same core values and it, you know, kind of butted heads and just had to go our separate ways. But, um, came out of that, went freelance and, and then, yeah, just, it, it, it just, it's, it just worked. Like, I just think I I put in enough time, like, you know, I know I'm still young, but people don't realize like I've been doing this now for almost eight years. And I think people sometimes, um, you know, can get really deterred perhaps by that, Grinding and grinding and grinding, yeah, yeah. But it, but it it turns. It does turn. Like and that. Also like it's once like you probably got it. your big moment, you probably got that validation. You got that self belief. Yeah, it all yeah. feels like everything's happened for 100%. a reason. And now it starts to snowball. Yeah. So like I'd say 12, 13 months ago, from this exact moment, I started kind of freelancing a little, like like going out completely out of, out of my own. Um, and then I had a really good mate of mine, Matt Willicks, introduced me to a guy called Ben Clement. Ben Clement's a photographer and director. And then he started getting me on some of these biggest stuff, you know, Lululemon and things. And all it took for me was to land this very first initial job for Lululemon. And I was like, okay. And I did it and they were happy and I got good feedback. And I was like, I'm on here. Like, yeah. Fuck what was said by these people because I'm I, I am I know that's I, what I mean. You I, got I, that I, I validation. I did. I did get the validation. I just got the reignition of like, oh shit! Like I actually do know what I'm doing. Like, mm. and then from there, um, I think it was pretty early on in that process. We worked together. Mm-hmm. I worked with a bunch of other brands, and then it's pretty wild. But yeah, in the space of twelve months, um, in the space of twelve months, it's now expanding very much from myself, not even to a business, but probably in the next couple months having to actually transition into a company just based on some of the last meetings that have been had in the last like two months. So, so the bell curve is, the bell curve is ha- going hard like a right bit of now. a production team? Yeah. So I've... Is that the direction? Yeah. So we've got a, a couple of recurring clients at the moment. Um, one of those um, is a brand called Aid in the Brand, like luxury soft goods and, and luggage, which has been awesome to do stuff with. And part of that 
we're not just making high-end content, but we're also like distributing it. So I've got a good, really good friend of mine and business partner, Andrew, um, and his expertise is all in like SEO, um, like Google advertising, pad advertising on social media, retargeting, you know, if you're on the website looking to buy something, then you go on your Instagram feed and there it is mm-hmm. again. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, now, right. morally it's hard because yeah. a lot of it I disagree with, but at the same time, it's been crazy to combine our skill sets because I can make this really nice commercial for someone mm-hmm. and then we can also distribute it under the same roof mm-hmm. and because of the numbers that we're getting, it's actually been ridiculous like, you know, with, with some of our clients, you know, the the percentage of sales of their products since we've started is like, is actually very exciting. It's been a really interesting combination. So from there, we've had some bigger meetings with some, um, some other big clients, uh, a luxury automotive company, which I can't say yet, but is one of the most really exciting partnerships um, that we're hoping to close. What's soon. cool for you is that you've got a diversity, you know, like you've done a lot of fitness orientated mm. stuff, but here you are talking about the automotive yeah. industry and there's just that, that, that different demographic of clientele just probably keeps you Yeah, fresh. I'm not interested in just doing the One same thing. thing. I, I mean, we very much want to be a studio that um, can adapt to a beverage to a product to a service to to anything our biggest thing is that we just want to work with people that are prepared and happy to break boundaries and to take risk mm-hmm. if anyone goes hey this is what we want to do here's the storyboard go on and do it and don't do anything outside of it i don't care how much money you're paying me like mm-hmm. i'm not going to work with you like yeah. that's kind of where it's at but yeah going back here yeah, building the team it's very much actually i don't want to talk too much into it but we're sent we kind of going a little bit differently about it you know most film studios or production studios would be like we do video and this is what we do and 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 we just make videos where we're very much taking the approach of the businesses of like building long-term infrastructure if you look at film studios like um, Warner Brothers and big ones like that like they're not just film studios Mm -hmm. they have copywriters graphic designers they have um, people that run ads and marketing and like they have this foundation of spread skill sets that helps everything they do. Mm-hmm. If that's doing a Netflix a Netflix thing or making a documentary or making a commercial and things like that. So we're really in the process now of scaling with bringing on copywriters, graphic design, marketing, mini, mini me, like mm-hmm. someone, you know, shooting someone, some, someone you can shoot and stuff like that as well. But we're, I'm definitely going about it in a very non-traditional sense but the end goal... But it's yours. It's your yeah, way. It's my way and I and I can see... I can... Uh, like I know... I, I just... I know it, I know it's going to work because I'm... I'm I believe you, man. Yeah. I believe so you. we're going a bit a different way, but yeah, the, it's crazy. Like, again, like it was only... Uh, you know, and I'm not saying it always has to happen quickly and sometimes quick isn't good. Mm. But... And, and a lot of people say, oh, it's just happened overnight. And a few of these next jumps that might happen in the next six months, I'm probably am going to... There's gonna there's gonna be a lot of change in my life too, but there's probably gonna be a lot of people going, oh, it just happened overnight. It's like, well, I know it's very cliche, but like it's, I have it's been, only because they've just started seeing it. They've only just started paying it. Attention. Like I've been doing the same thing for like yeah, the last eight years. Um, so that's kind of where everything's at with the business at the moment. Like it's very much gone for freelance solo, and I'm still doing. I'm still like acting as a cinematographer and stuff like that on solo projects and just jumping on other people's sets to do that. And I'll always do that. Like mm-hmm. it's something that you know, you know, to give your audience a bit more of an idea of what my kind of end ideal work situation is, you know, is I want to be making films. Like I, I, I want to, I want to work in the commercial space in a big way and make 
big commercials, big brands, do all that. But there will come a point where I want to venture into the entertainment industry. I mean, that's always been a dream. Movies are movies are insane. They've always been in a crazy little escape for me, and I know that's what they are. But they're fascinating, um, and I just love film. Like that's just I love film, and, and and kind of that dives a little bit more into the artistry of what we do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of going in a bit of a roundabout way, you know, set up this kind of commercial infrastructure. And then from there, we'll start to, you know, hopefully invest in Australian film and do all types of stuff like that. So it's um, it's all growing a lot faster than I ever thought it would. But it's just, again, the cliche thing of if you just do what you've, you're really passionate about and you work your fucking ass off and you just believe in yourself, like... Become a master of your craft and yeah, the dollars will take care it, of themselves. Yeah, the finance stuff always will, will come and I've only probably realised that in the last four, maybe like three years, I used to be so financially stressed. I'm not saying that's because I grew up with nothing because I grew up with like a great family. Like we never had heaps of stuff. Like we couldn't like always buy whatever, but you know, there were times at the supermarkets like, oh, you know, maybe decline here, decline there. And that's not because like, you know, we didn't have much. It was just, you know, that could have just been the way, like, my parents decided to use the money. But there was a lot of financial stress. My sister and I still carry a lot of, bit of, like, this financing. It's probably been only in the last three, maybe, like, two years where I've just been like, oh, like, cool, like, it's all good. Like, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Just pay the bills. Like, chill <laughs> out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, comes and goes, It man. comes and goes. But with, I think, with anyone's, like, jobs or anything, if they're worried about the finance stuff, like, just it'll come like it actually definitely will come and mm. it, like and it could come in a lot bigger of a way than you even imagined if you just just do what you like you know I so agree. um I, I think i've gone on a few different tangents but to bring it up to speed that's kind of where everything's at now and i think the next 12 months are going to be bananas and i'm kind of in a weird position because here you're talking about oh, i'm not going to scale the business of gyms because I oh, want time I'm back. Scaling. I'm scaling. I'm scaling, but scaling in a like I said before in a different. We I want to work smarter, not harder, harder. But I've worked hard for 14 years to now. Yeah. See, do where that. I think I've still got another. I still think I could like go as hard as I've been going, maybe for another six. <laughs> and, and it's also looking at what's motivating my decisions. Yeah. You know, one of the big ones that I yes. haven't even mentioned is I got cancer last year. Yeah, I know. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, well, Jack, you're a fucking health professional mm. at 30 years mm, old and you've mm, been mm. diagnosed with cancer. If you don't, if you ignore this red yes. flag and choose to not listen to it, you're only going to have greater, deeper yeah, depths yeah, of yeah, this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. problem just around the corner. So, Jack, you need to have a look in your own backyard yeah. and have a think about the lifestyle that I actually want to live and what am I prioritising as my core values, just like you talked about before. So, 100%. You know, I'm, I'm factoring a few different things and just and right. and taking a moment to pause and, and, it will and always observe be the there, landscape. Like, and it always be there, like you said. And mm. I've had these thoughts in like the last discussions I've been having with some, you know, we're talking about like public listing clients. But, but maybe moment, I can so. do that a lot better with a lot less stress if I take a bit of time now to yeah. restructure the, I suppose, economic environment that's personal to yes, me yes, 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 and yes. have some things set up in the background that make that passive and I can do it without yeah, yeah, the stress. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, I'm thinking yeah, yeah. at it from a few no, different no, no, it's dimensions. No, nah, and it's, it's clever and that's a really good way to think about it because I guess right now I don't feel like I'm, again, it doesn't feel rushed because the opportunities have come up very naturally. So I'm just kind of like, I know I'm not wouldn't say I'm ultra spiritual, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely very aware of my surroundings and everything. Of like, okay, 
some of these big meetings have kind of just come on mm-hmm. and it's all happening very organically. I align with their core value. So I'm just going to keep flowing with it. And if it works, it's going to work. But you're very right. Like there are parts of me I'm like, well, like, you know, we're potentially about to scale like so fast. Like, is it going to be all good? And it's, you know, and, and, and it is going to be all good because you I just have to be disciplined with yourself. You yeah. To, yeah. You just have to be super disciplined. Um, but I'm going to have to be, yeah, you're right. Like my business partner said, Matt, like with all this, you know, all this new stuff going on, like you just got to be like, like you've got to sleep. Mm. You've got to exercise and you've got to try and meditate. And it, and it is going to, it's going to require me to really step up um, with all of that. So um, yeah, it's no. exciting. But Mate, thank you yeah. for giving me some of your time on a day where you're meant no, to be uh, restoring, but it's been good to catch <laughs> up and good. talk and I uh, hope everyone listening has appreciated it. And yeah. uh, can, if they ever are interested in checking out your work or yeah. inquiring with you, mate, where can they find you? So the best place to go would just probably just be my Instagram, yep. which is just M-E-T Media. Uh, from there, you'll see the new commercial page and, and then websites and links and have a look if you want. If you don't, that's also chill. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, guys. Thank you very much. See ya.